Welcome everyone to Phone Show Chat Podcast 786, recording this on Saturday the 27th of January 2024. This is just Ted and myself. How are you doing, Mr. Ted Salmon? I'm well, thank you. Yes, um, in relatively good health for a change. Um, uh, how are you keeping? Yes, not too bad down in uh, what well, was quite uh, mild Reading. It's now suddenly got cold again, so who knows? But it is January, so I will forgive the weather. And we did see, some, did see the sun yesterday, which is a rare thing. And I nipped out with the mm. Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 5 and took a load of photos, of which I may well do a video or an article. So watch this space on that device and more. Um, just to say, we've got a, a listener of guests lined up over the next month or so. But just Ted and myself today, we've got loads to get through, try to catch up with stuff we've been milling over for the last, well, two months, I think, Ted. So, yeah. Um, mm. Let me start with just some non-phone stuff, because there is a Steve's top tip, or whatever I'm going to call it, out come out of it. Um, my wife's six-year-old Dell laptop was creaking at the seams. Bear with me, people out there. It was on its second battery, kept going to sleep for no reason, rubbish display, feet falling off, you get the idea. So, I bought another Surface. No, not a duo. We went for a Surface Laptop 5, <laughs> as it was £300 off on Microsoft's site. I thought, well... I know they're expensive, mm. but £300 off kind of takes it into buyable territory. And it felt kind of good to be buying directly from Microsoft again. I know we could have got another Dell or Asus or HP or whatever, running Windows uh, 11 for another £300 or so more off. But we've been impressed by how well both the Your Surface Go, which has now been my Surface Go, has held mm. up year after year after year. It's still going strong. It's still nice and fast. And how nice her previous work Surface Laptop Go to, which the school had uh, lent her, had been. And I always love lack of bloat. So going Microsoft means I don't have to spend an hour or two de-bloating something else and hoping I've got everything. And rather oddly, and though seamlessly, this is the, where the top tip comes in. I was in the shopping cart for this Surface Laptop 5 and I clicked on buy now, expecting all the payment screens to come up, you know, delivery and all of, you know, step, step by step. No, it said order confirmed. I thought, eh? I haven't even paid for it yet. Did I get a free laptop? It turned out that Microsoft remembers, as long as you're signed into their site, all your previous payment details and address, and isn't afraid you just apply everything to anything you're thinking of buying. So I had to scramble to fill said account with enough money before they took the the authorization was completed and they took the money. So top tip when buying from Microsoft or indeed Google, Apple, or I suspect Samsung, check your old payment details on file with them before clicking anything that remotely mentions buy. Um, probably similar to VIP shopping and Harrods or similar. Not that I've done this. You wander around and say, yeah, one of those, one of those. They just get charged to your card. No tedious signatures or pin entry or anything. You just, yeah, you've got it. So there we are. Steve, stop tip. Check your payment details before going remotely near a buy button. When I um, first came up to North Wales from Chichester in the first six months, I ordered something from one of these tech giants. I honestly can't remember which one it was, but it got because I hadn't um, noticed all that you just said, it got sent to my old address. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the people down at the old address, they had to forward it to me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, they, they do remember all your, your back history. Google as well, as you say. Um, and they, they, they remember exactly what you've been up to. Yes, yes. Anyway, you've got some more phone-related stuff. Motorola. Yes, indeed. Um, Motorola, who we love to hate and hate to love, um, have announced this week the full list of devices that are going to get Android 14, most of which we knew. Um, there are, But there are a couple of surprises in there, one of which is the H30 Neo. Hey! Yeah. yeah. 
we didn't know. Nothing had ever been said about the Edge 30 Neo, um, about getting Android 14, um, and we didn't know if it was going to get it or not, but it is. And so we're very, very pleased indeed. Yeah. We've still got the PR unit here. We've got a couple of people in the group who have a Edge 30 Neo on the back of us being enthusiastic about it. So um, that gives it another year of life at least, so that's really good. What a classic little phone. It is indeed. Yes, anyway. Um, people know that I've been waiting for app pairs, of which more later I suspect, within your device week. I've been waiting for app pairs on the Pixel Fold, and I did see that Shane Craig was highlighting a third-party app that kind of does it. It's Just for the sake of putting it in the show notes, it's called Be Nice. Um, uh, we'll give the link here in the Play Store. It seems a bit of a kludge, um, and it kind of implements it, but in its own way. So it's okay for now if you're desperate for app pairs on your Pixel Fold. I still think Google are going to do it officially. It wasn't in the update last week, which I think was um, the uh, beta 3.1 of QPR2. Um, so hopefully that will come in the March or April updates officially. But for now, use Be Nice, and you can be nice. Hurrah! Actually, I forgot to watch that one. Did he say that it was a bit of a kludge as well? No, that's me. He was saying this right, works okay. quite well, and I looked at, right. I looked at the how it operated, and I thought, hmm, I'd rather the way Samsung did it, and I'd rather it was built into the OS. Yeah, the way Samsung do it is really very smart, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the, you, yeah. the, it's it's hard to argue against that, even, as you say, with my device week. Um, you sent back over this week the um, the, the Surface Duo 2. We did a kind of swap yeah, yeah. Um, with the, the other device. And that's one of the interesting parts about the, the whole Microsoft um, Surface Duo thing, is the, the app pairs. Now, I know that you made more use of that than I'm doing. You don't get the whole thing like Samsung though where you could have like three um uh, uh, panels going on at the same time yeah. but, it, but in the, on the other hand you you've got two completely separate panels which so yeah. i each has its own benefits and and drawbacks i think um um and and they're good and bad in in equal measure but uh yeah app pairs is good fun i have been playing with that with app pairs this week and I don't know if you want to, should we leap to that now? Yes, yes, far away. So I've got this the, original Surface Duo, which you sent back here, so that yep. I'm not totally bereft of Duo, so I can at least play with a lot of the things you, you may well be talking about. But your idea was to try and use the Duo 2, for the first time ever, really, as a 100% main device. Yeah, and I have done. I, I, I set it up first using um, Google Restore from my Pixel 7, Um and I thought, what, this this should work fine. Anyway, I, there were some kind of issues to do with battery. And uh, actually, I, I, I've now completely factory reset it and didn't restore it. And I wish I hadn't, to be honest, because it was a right fiddle. And the battery issue, which is about the gauge on the, 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 the screen when it's folded back on itself, yeah. um, has just appeared the same as if it, as it did if I'd restored it. So anyway, I, I've done it now and rebuilt it from scratch. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I put my SIM card in it basically, and I've had it in there for now, like three days. And it's an interesting experiment to try and use it as my main phone. The problem has come really with telephony. And I know that we, we both ended up in this place with the device previously, but it's when it comes to phone calls and, text messaging when you want to use it as a pocket computer it's absolutely great um and it's great fun 
and there's loads of functionality and it's just a, a whiz to use it. But when you try and use it as a phone, it's just like you, you I keep thinking to myself, this would be so much easier with a, a, a monoblock phone to do what I'm doing now. Um, and, you know, and then you then you make a phone call with it and you're folding it back and it's a great big thing on the side of your face. And, you know, I don't know. Um, Yes, but I am I am trying this time to put my main SIM card in it and 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 stick with it, which I didn't do before. You're quite right. Yeah, but we, neither of us really make very many phone calls. So I think my argument for using a Duo as a phone would be that the phone thing is only one percent of what I use a pocket device for, and it's all the the P, um, PDA stuff and the PIM stuff and the office stuff and uh, yeah, web browsing yeah. and gaming and all of those things. And doing two things at once and referring to a notes field in one application while you fill in a form in a web browser somewhere else. That that all stuff just works so well. It does. It does. Um, however, with mum and dad at the moment having a, um, a, a bit of a not so good health, I am making phone calls more okay. than um, a long uh, this week. When I, while I've been having the the um, the duo on the go. I actually, I've made a, uh, quite a lot of phone calls, actually. Okay. And so I have noticed that as a significant thing. But you're right. On a normal week, I probably wouldn't be noticing that. Anyway, setting it up was okay. Um, there's some bloat on it, which I couldn't quite believe. That Asphalt 9? I don't, I, I don't get why Microsoft have got a, a big game on the phone like that. It's, a, it's not even – this is a business-centric phone, not a gaming phone. Anyway. I'm not entirely sure where that came from because I don't remember seeing that when I set a factory reset the Duo 2 for my own use. I, it's not on the original I, Duo. I factory set it, reset it the second time oh. with no reference to my previous devices. Okay. So you, and, and I didn't have it on my previous devices anyway. It wasn't on my Pixel, and there it was. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Was it um, there on the first time you had the Duo 2, though, or is it something that's appeared yep. since? Okay. Nope. It was there on the, the the time I restored it from the Pixel and also on the time I set it up from scratch. I'm wondering whether it's SIM-related. I, I, on your particular network, there are, it goes and looks for particular apps that they've they've chosen to pre-install and pre no no no, 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 because when, I, because when I set it up the second time, factory reset it, I didn't have the SIM in it. I did it without a SIM card okay. in it. All right. Okay. So it's definitely a Microsoft thing. I Boom. just don't get why they're doing it. Yeah. I can understand LinkedIn to some degree because business business centric and all the rest of it. Well, Microsoft um, own LinkedIn, LinkedIn, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you can understand the stuff that is going to be business centric, but Spotify as well was there, which I you'd expect that to be on an Android phone, probably a, a, a Samsung phone, but not a. Microsoft, anyway, and there's this other thing called Mylio Photos, which I've never heard of. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, um, bloat is not too bad. All of those things can be uninstalled, incidentally. Um, Speakers we've spoken about before, they're quite tinny um, compared to other phones. They're not bad. I put Wavelet on it, and it pepped it up, and it's fine. I can live with these speakers, no problem at all. Yeah, I think that's a fair summary. I like the stereo, but then again, you you sent this Z Flip 5 over, and I saw the Flip 4 before it, and that's even an even wider stereo image, because when you yeah. unfold the flips, they're really, really wide. Um, so, I saw that on your yeah, short. And, and the, yeah, and the Samsungs have a bit more bass and a bit more fidelity, so I, I'll I'll take everything you said there. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, the battery was the thing that I was just referencing earlier, and it, and it's a bit of an unknown quantity, really. The, the the gauge when you have the thing folded back is just a bit dodgy. Um, so I'm uh, the testing on the battery is ongoing. My my gut feel is that it's actually pretty good. Um, in fact, I say it was very good. If I had to guess at this time, I'd say it would be between two and two and a half hours for my 10% reading test. But I'll, I'll, I'll keep testing it as we go forward. I think last time I had it, I was reporting very similar things. Yeah, I don't um, think battery life is going to end up being a champion in any way because, it's, I mean, like, this is ob- obvious, but there are two screens to power, so it will drain basically yeah, twice yeah, as yeah. much power. I, I was rarely getting to bedtime on a full charge, and I was having to top it up at tea time. But see how you go. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that happens. Um, the 3D dock, I don't particularly like it, but the main reason, as I've said before, I think, is because I just fear for the USB-C port. I know you said that you didn't and you used it liberally and it was fine, but yeah. when I'm taking, particularly when I'm taking it off of the 3D dock, it feels like I've got to be really careful not to bend it the wrong way or something and break the, the port in the phone. How do you lift it? I, I, I brace the dock with my left hand, my left thumb, and I splay my fingers around the back of the opened up Duo 2 and put my right thumb roughly in the centre and just pull upwards smoothly. Yeah, so there's no, yeah. shouldn't be any lateral strain or bending needed. No, I'm probably being overcautious and paranoid, but I, I end up putting my finger under the right hand side in the corner and, and levering it up so that the, the leverage is right next to where the port, well, very close to where the port is. Anyway, I'm sure I'm just being paranoid. It just doesn't quite feel right to me. But it's good when it's plugged in. It's fine. You mean from both sides at once? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about putting my fingers and my, well, particularly the right hand one, because that's nearer to where the port is. And then using my two thumbs on the front of the dock and levering it upwards, yeah. but from both sides, but the but yeah. mainly on the right, because that's where it's, Okay, that's yeah, where it's yeah, docked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, each to their own. I, as I say, I, I think I'm probably being overcautious, but I don't want to break the thing because um, it's so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, link to Windows is, is great. I love that. The whole kind of deck style thing, ready for mouse and keyboard, all the rest of it. I was, always re- I, I was also really enthused about the way in which it interacts with the next dock the the next dock um touch i've got here um it's great on that i did try the um the 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 android um native desktop mode but it doesn't work very well um it but when you ignore that turn that off it yeah yeah. the the keyboard works the the touch screen works the trackpad works it's just great it's i think it's probably you know, as good as using a Samsung on it, to be to be honest. Really, really good. I, I, was, I was spending quite a lot, a lot of time playing with that. Very good. Um, e, what else have we got here? The, um, yeah, the, the screensaver we were going to talk about, which is um, when, when we had the device, when you had the device, you were finding this kind of workaround in order to get the Google's own screensaver working. And the same thing happened to me. But when I, the first time I set it up, when it was restored from my Pixel, the screensaver worked. Put it on the bedside, plug in a cable when you go to bed, and Google screensaver kicked wow. in. When it was, when it was, because it was set to be charging and that, uh, to, to come on when it's charging, which is what the pixel was set to do, right? When I then reset it from scratch, 
it was not working. It was it it was the only way to get it was to go in the, the route that you did by the three dots in the, the clock or long pressing the the home screen clock to, to then um, start it going every time you want to use it. Yeah. So I was set to to find a way around this, and I found this um, application by by accident. Really, um, I, I went into the Play Store and found this thing called Clock Screensaver by George Cyber. And I installed it. And you can see from the show notes there that I've, I've put a couple of screenshots in. And there's a link in this um, application, Clock Screensaver, which takes you to some <laughs> settings inside the Duo, which the Duo doesn't let you see. Now, how George um, Cyber has – where that link goes to, I don't know. But, but when that application is installed, if you click on that link, it goes to the old-fashioned screensaver settings, and you can set it up wow. in the same way as you'd uninstall. Once you've finished you're doing that, you can uninstall the application because it's done its job. But I went through every single um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. every single uh, setting in in the in the, the the device's settings after I've done that, and I can't find that dialogue anywhere. So. I don't know. Maybe we need Malcolm Bryant to tell us how on <laughs> earth you get to that. Um, but it, but it, but the, the net result is that it's working perfectly now as my bedside clock. So yeah. great. Clearly, it, the the code is still there in the OS. It's just that Microsoft, in one of its refreshes, chose to hide the screensaver for whatever reason. I think we've discussed that on a previous PSC. Yeah. But as the code's still there, brilliant. A developer's giving you a, a, a underhand shortcut to get to it so i guess you'd have yeah. to i was tempted to leave the app installed just in case they ever needed to get to reset the screensaver yeah definitely and give him his £2.49 absolutely for the, for the privilege yeah, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. so uh, that, that was good um microsoft software is as it is i i did actually try and give outlook a whirl this week i thought i'd do this and have a give it a go if i'm using Microsoft stuff. Let's go in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, and it's actually quite good Outlook. I like the way in which Calendar works inside Outlook. Um, I, you know, the, some of the Microsoft tools are pretty good. It's just so business-centric. And it, it, it's tied up with Microsoft Teams, which I don't use. And that, again, is very business-centric. Um, one note is fun. I've got the I got the Renesa Raphael 550 pen out again. Hurrah. And um, that's working really well. No problems at all. I did think about getting the Slim Pen too, but it's, it's it's been reduced to 85 quid. But you still need the charger, so that's another 30 quid. Yeah. Um, and I thought, no, I'm not going to use the pen enough to do that. But, yeah, yeah, some good stuff there. Um, I've been watching, re-watching some of um, Shane's um, videos as well with some tips, uh, one of which I'd forgotten, which is if you double-press the power button, you get the torch. Or if you want to, you can change that in the settings to camera. Um, and that works really well. Um, app pairs we talked about before. Um, um, I'd forgotten also how wonderfully bright the the screens are and yeah. really colourful. It's, it's like what looking at a Motorola screen, really, one of these um, P-OLED screens. It's just so vibrant and bright, and they're so big, and it's just such a delight to use. And also, the auto brightness works properly, yeah, unlike absolutely. in many phones. Yeah. So that's really good. I've been able to use that. I would say the Duo original screens are just as nice. Um, the Duo 2 has got slightly larger screens and smaller bezels, which is probably why they appear just that much more bright and colourful. But if, remember, these were 1,200, £1,400 devices, so Microsoft yeah. had the budget to buy the best components screen-wise, which is why they're so lovely. 
Yeah, definitely. And they are. They really are yeah, ever so yeah. nice to use. Um, and, yeah, in terms of support, um, we know that it's going to run out in October um, for this device. Yeah. But, as we've said before, play system updates are the things that matter. Um, it is. I was a bit perturbed to see that um, this device's play system updates is still on June 23. So it is actually seven months out of date, which is not like... I, I was I was actually quite surprised to see that. I thought it would be much more up to date than that. My old Motorola Moto um, Edge Plus 2020 is up in December at the moment, so I was quite surprised. I thought this would be further up there. What was do you know what the original um, yeah uh, du- duos on? I'll look it up live just for people who don't know how to check their play um, services status you go to settings and then about the device you then go into software information this works with almost all android phones um, and tap on the android version number in this case 12 or 12l and then there's a google play system update is listed there and if you tap on that it goes off and checks for updates um, so live on air no updates you're quite right it's on the, the same version so doubtless that will get up at some point yeah june yeah so june 23 yeah so that's so uh, and i've got every confidence that google um who are responsible for doing that will keep those updated yeah. um but they it, they've obviously just slipped through the net at the moment anyway yeah i'm having good fun with it um and we'll see how long i last with it but <laughs> it's a it's a lovely device and i'm 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 glad to have it back again and hope the novelty doesn't wear off too soon yeah, I've just been Googling a few things. And by the way, we will put links to all those accessories you mentioned and also a comparison with the Duo original in the show notes so people can just go straight to those if they want. I have been Googling why Asphalt 9 Legends is on the Surface Duo 2. And apparently yeah. they were developing, uh, working with Gameloft on that and a couple of other titles to show off the dual screen gaming. In other words, it's an, an, a Duo optimised game. And if you were to okay. install it, not that you're a gamer, but um, it would give you, you know, the, the driving view on the top screen. If you if you rotate your Duo 2 to sort of laptop mode, the top screen would be the, the, the windscreen viewpoint as you drive and the bottom half will be all the controls and the cockpit and so forth. So there, there, is a, there was a reason for it. But I do agree that most Duo owners are unlikely to be gamers and <laughs> playing Asphalt 9 Legends. Well, exactly. It was obviously a demonstration thing. but uh, And, and yeah. to be honest, I thought all games would do that on the Duo. I haven't pushed that to its extreme, but I thought you could do a laptop mode in pretty much with it, with any game, but perhaps not. You, well, you can, but it depends. Quite often the interface gets split by the hinge, and the, the, there are specific games that actually know about the Duo form factor and do okay. special things, like the old Nintendo DS games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Before this turns into tech addicts, tell us you've got a Nokia back in the house. I have. My dad wanted to try the Flip Phone 4, the Z Flip 4. And so um, he uh, is taking that on and having a go with it. Um, and one of the, the the primary reason he wants to do that is because his eyesight is failing and he wants to be able to open the phone up to answer a call and close it to end the call. Um, he sees my mum doing that with her flip yeah, phone, yeah. and it's going to help him a great deal. So, yeah, the net result of that is the Nokia XR20 is back in the house, and I'm quite looking forward to having a, another go with it, to be honest. It's been a while since I had it, and um, we shall see how I get on. Is it still supported by uh, H- HMD? It is, yeah. It's, it's got supports up to, sorry, it's got updates um, scheduled to November 25, and it will get Android 14. I think Android 14 is the last one, but then it'll get another year of updates after that. 
Jolly good. Uh, let me do a couple of bits from mine and I'll circle back to you. I know you've got a couple of devices you may want to revisit in your notes there. Um, just to say, I have put out requests for um, not only the Sony Xperia 5 Mark V from PR, also the OnePlus 12 and 12R, which is the, the cheaper one, which I thought was quite interesting, but uh, I shall let you know if I get responses. Um, just some musings, really, on biometric adaptations, so face, fingerprint, and so on. Why can't the latter, i.e. fingerprint recognition, why can't it adapt its prints based on latest changes? In other words, as you as your finger changes after doing DIY or as you as you do different things during the week. When it's possibly hard because when fingerprint recognition on phones, you only really get a partial print each time because it's the, the, the sensor has a limited width, especially if it's on the side of the device. Well, face recognition gets the whole face every time. It's easier to keep the software up to date. Um, on the iPhone in particular, it actually checks for minor changes like beard growth, ageing, different glasses every time it unlocks. And if it's subtly different, it actually updates it it updates its internal records as it goes along, so it's always up to date. And I'm not sure whether face recognition on Pixels or Samsung's does this. You'd have thought that would be reasonably easy to do. The Flip 4 seems to do a, and Flip 5 do a good job with handling face changes so far in my experience. But I haven't heard, Ted, of Google or Samsung actually updating their face images um, it, as your face changes. Isn't that a bit dangerous? Because if you, if you, when you're setting up the phone, you give it the data, it, you, your data, and then it's going to, I know it'll be very, very incremental changes, but even so, um, you know, couldn't that, isn't, isn't that open to some sort of security abuse from someone? I, I, yeah, I guess possibly. But the idea is that let's say a 16-year-old um, guy, teenager, buys an iPhone or gets bought an iPhone, and over the next five, six years, his face is going to change substantially, and especially in terms of, you know, growing stubble and beard, and you know all about beards, Mr. Ted Salmon. So so think of a, a if you did have an iPhone, heaven forbid, um, and, and you'd registered it when you didn't have a beard in your beardless state, which happens a couple of times a year, and then over the next three, two or three months, you grow a full salmon-esque bushy beard. In theory, the iPhone will keep track of all those changes of beard growth and still recognise you without having to re, re, retrain it on your face I understand, the, I understand the principle, but my question is whether that's very secure and whether I would rather, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would rather accept these, the, the, the greater security of re-registering my face when it says, hang on, we're not sure who you are and yeah. not letting someone into my phone and get into all my all my stuff. I don't know. I'm just thinking aloud. Any comments in the MeWe group? <laughs> You've got the insight onto this. But my point is now here we are. With underscreen fingerprint sensors getting larger now, surely they are seeing more and more, if not all of the prints, some of these underscreen fingerprint sensors, Ted, they're best part of an inch by an inch. So surely they see all of your print. Couldn't they officially adapt as you age or wear your digits? I was just a bit, a bit fed up with constantly registering and re-registering my fingerprints on the Sony Xperia 1, 5 and Duo 2. Can, I know they both have very narrow sensors in particular because that they're both very, very narrow, thin phones. Well, we've had this discussion before, and I've never had to do this. I've never had to re-register my fingerprints on any phone particularly, particularly the Duo 2 when I've had it, and the Duo 1 and the Xperia devices. Um, we have spoken before about your ageing dads. <laughs> mum, mum and dads are terrible. We've spoken about that before as well. Um and they, if you look at their fingers, they're just flat. No wonder they yeah, don't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 
I, I'm not sure. We covered a story on Tech Addicts last week about fingerprints not being that secure, as, as secure as people think they are, and there was a big story going on about that as well. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe face is better anyway. The thing is, though, that there is a print of sorts on my 62-year-old thumb. I, I can register it quite happily. You'd think if the print was weak or if it, my finger, my thumb was just worn smooth, you'd think it'd say so, like, I can't register this thumb. But it lets me register it in the usual dozen or so presses on the sensor. But the recognition mm. doesn't, just doesn't last very long, normally weeks rather than months. Very odd. Compared to using a digit on my left hand, which is rock solid, but of course less convenient to do. So anyway, oh, to be thirty again, like the YouTubers of today, and have a, a proper thumbprint. Mm, you could um, you could go and um, commit some crimes and get away with that, I reckon. <laughs> I don't think so. Underscreen fingerprint sensors. Anyway, I think should not only be better in theory. I mean, they haven't been, but I think they could be better. But also, they could be more complete in terms of adapting. If the software's there, as your thumbprint changes, even my weakened thumbprint, it should be able to adapt and say, oh, Steve's been cutting some wood today. He's got a, a, a bruise or something on his thumb. I will adapt to it. It's close to how it used to be. I will put this new change into my fingerprint stored algorithm and all will be well. But I don't think the software is there yet. I'm not sure if I agree with you. Because someone else could come along with the new fingerprint that you've now got as their own fingerprint by some million to one chance. And then your wood chop damaged fingerprint would be the same as their fingerprint because it's got a, a blemish on it. Mm. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> All I can say to this, you're raising some very good questions. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so data points welcome from others. What has foxed your face recognition on any platform? Beards, moustaches, makeup, uh, sunglasses, hairstyle? All of those things, and how do you get on with full, full uh, underscreen, full fingerprint, full thumbprint recognition? Um, let the chat commence anyway in the group. Um, I did have an iPhone problem about a month ago, and I've been threatening to 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 say how I solved it with a couple of caveats. So I, I'm going to go ahead now. I know you're not an iOS iPhone man, Ted, but bear with me. This will hmm. be of interest to at least half our listeners. I hope anyway. The problem was uh, a music sync problem whereby you, you, you plug in your iPhone into your Mac, in my case, and it goes through the syncing and um, backing up and whatever. And then it starts to sync music and it just hangs on waiting to sync. It goes on forever. It never actually starts. You can literally wait forever. And I had battery problems at all. Um, it just rampant drain. It went from 70 percent to like 30 percent in three hours, which is very unusual for an iPhone. However, I've got to the bottom of most of it. So first, I'm going to start off with a Steve's top tip. I think I should alliterate that as earlier. Steve's superlative secret, Ted. <laughs> it's not as good as Ted's top tip, is it? No, no. Lots of S's. <laughs> Music sync, yes. It wasn't actually helped by browser tab problems. I, I closed the Google Drive tab in Safari on my Mac. My Google Drive tab was using 99.9% .9 CPU, which is just bizarre. And it just shown that when we record the podcast PSC each week, I now close my browser and reopen it just so that all the tabs are fresh because I just don't trust any of these. Because these days, a tab in a web browser is effectively a program on its own, isn't it? It's an application. And it does all good. There's goodness knows what, and it could easily get carried away. So I now restart the browser before recording the show. And also, are you using, are you using Chrome? This is a Safari, but I'm sure Chrome's just okay. as bad. Yeah, Chrome, the same idea. Every tab is its own application. Yeah. All I was going to give you was a test top tip, which is if you're using Chrome, if you hover your mouse over the tab at the top, 
it'll tell you what how much um, memory each of the tab is, tabs are using um on the fly okay but but i don't know if it will work inside um safari or not yeah yeah anyway another useful resource and ultimately the actual fix for sync issues of this kind turns out to be uh, listed on an apple support page linked in the show notes detailing how terminating the misbehaving apple crash reporting tool which is something like uh, md crash report and um, you terminate that and that will ensure music sync completes essentially the sync process is waiting on the crash tool um, and thus the, the crash tool never finishes whatever the heck it's doing so the sync process just waits and waits and waits and mod- modern desktop and phone operating systems are just so complex in this way. Apple knows about the crash tool issue and will fix it apparently in a future update, but not implemented at the time of recording. And there was an app Mac update this week. I thought this will sort it out and it hasn't. I still have to literally go into activity monitor on my Mac and manually terminate their crash tool in order to get a music sync going, which is I think is not really good enough. Also, while I'm moaning, um, Apple, are you listening? When plugging an iPhone into a Mac, I select don't backup normally because I don't have enough storage space on the Mac. Instead, I click on use iCloud backup for important data. Exactly what I want. Job done, right? No, because it forgets this setting every single time I unplug. So I have to manually click on skip backup and quick quit the crash tool manually every time I want to sync any music. Thankfully, only every now and then, but it's still a right royal pain. So much easier in the old days, or even, I guess these days with MTP and OpenMTP. You just plug in an Android or Symbian or even Windows phone device, and its storage just appears as removable storage on a PC or a Mac. You just drag and drop your music over, job done. So, bah! I guess they'll argue it's secure, more secure their way, and um, it's less secure the way in which Android works. Well, they're, they're bugs. As far as I'm concerned, Apple, these are bugs, and I want you to fix them. So there we are. I, all indications that Macs and iPhones don't just work anyway. I do enjoy having both. <laughs> I enjoy having both Macs and PCs. I enjoy having both iPhones and Android phones, I, uh, tablets as well, so that when I get fed up with one, I can switch to the other and breathe a sigh of relief until the next time that misbehaves, then I go back to the previous one. How the dickens do regular folk cope with all of this? Your average iPhone-owning chappy or chappess or for that matter, your average budget Android user. I'm guessing that no one really syncs to a desktop to a phone anymore. Everyone just, they just stream their music from the likes of Spotify and they pay for the privilege each month. And the only concept of music ownership is if they also tinker with an old vinyl Ted style. But it was better before. Most people, I think, um, you're quite right. And, And so many people now just don't have computing devices. They have their phone. And I, and I found this, particularly with younger people, when we when we were taking students in and giving them accommodation um, a few years ago, none of them had a computer, not even a tablet, most of them. Everything was done on their phone. And this is why the, the, the whole buzz has been about, you know, as, as big a phone as you can get. And that, that's that was their computing device so i think yeah this is this is all old-fashioned stuff people like you and i that i used to love itunes on my on my mac when i was into Macs, um and i loved the way in which it synced and as i was saying before about the the surface duo it's just i I love all that the way in which it talks to other computing devices but the the kids of today no no (laughs) on the battery front turning to battery drain i turned off I mean, we're looking on YouTube videos and the top tip was turn off auto journaling suggestions, which I was getting fed up with anyway. So maybe that was the culprit. Um, and I also hid the new for iOS 17 journal app. I just can't see a use for it in my life. However, a few days later, I, I 
had another drain incident. And I've included a screenshot for you, Ted. Have a look at the gradient of that battery drain over, what, three and a half hours. Mm, it's suddenly plummeted, hasn't it? Yeah, compare that to the gr- normal gradient of discharge to the right of that area, which is yeah, a, a yeah. shallow a shallow slope. And then this one's like a going down a, a, a ski slope in the Alps. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so why did that happen? Well, um, I tried a forced restart. This is this is the this was the key. I there's a game will link to an Apple support page. I didn't actually know about this. Um, from what I read, it effectively briefly disconnects the power to all hardware components in case it's something in hardware that's out of whack. And my gut feeling, it is the OS that's buggy. I'm I keep waiting for Apple to fix it or announce they fixed it in one of their updates. And there was an update to the iOS this week, so maybe it's in that, and I shall report back. I mean, I, I was thinking, it, I was panicking. I was thinking, well, maybe I have to rebuild my phone, but there's so much on it. And the last resort is to rebuild from auto backups and iCloud. It should be seamless, but there's all the hassle of setting up um, some app, third-party apps that don't play ball, setting up online banking again, all the various first-time pop-ups in many apps. And I'd just be annoying if I had to do all that. So I, I did the forced restart, and so far, it's now, what, uh, 11 days later from the, the incident, and everything is fine. I did hear Kev talking about forced restart tricks on iPhones in Tech Talk UK last week in the context of helping John Lewis customers. So maybe the forced retry, forced restart trick isn't as obscure as I think, and maybe I should have known about it. Who knows? All sounds very complicated to me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I haven't got an iPhone. Or I have got an iPhone, but I'm glad I don't use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you can at least appreciate why I have one of everything – on, yeah, every, yeah, on every operating yeah. system. So I, if I get fed up with something or something's updating or I can just switch to the next thing and I know I'm totally privileged. Totally agree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree and I'm completely with you and um, that's very bold of you. I, I did all that. I went through that phase, but I, I came out the other end of it and made my choice and went my path and that was it. Whereas you stuck in there and you've got one finger on each pie and that's good for you. Yeah. The second is Steve's superlative secret. That's not going to catch on, is it, for for this show? It's pay <laughs> annually for Google One and Google Drive. It's all it's all the same thing. I space for Gmail and Google Photos and so on. It's one pound fifty nine a month or fifteen ninety nine a year. I know it's only a three quid saving, but it, it's, it feels good to get one over on the man. It's something you're extremely unlikely to ever stop needing. So why not just set it up annually? It saves or messing around saves the price of beer or coffee and have done with it. And in most cases occasional Google reward surveys will easily cover the £16 a year. So it's £3 more you can use in in-app purchases buying stuff in the Play Store. So, yeah, pay annually for Google One. I was trying to work out how to get my points to pay for that on a recurring basis, and I couldn't work it out. So maybe you can tell me after we've recorded, um, because I, whenever I, whenever the, the payment comes out each month, because I do pay monthly, um, I think, oh, that's that's come out by money. I want that to come out of my points, and I can't quite work out how to do it. On me, on my um, uh, Android phone, which I how I manage it, it, it the default is the, the Google um, Rewards balance, and that shows up it was working monthly every month automatically. And it, when I did paid for the annual amount, fifteen ninety nine, it then says we will take another fifteen ninety nine in a year's time from your Google's Play Play balance. And what happens if your Play balance is not big enough? Yeah, see, then it'll reverse your card. The secret is always right, to have okay. enough in your balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, mine just never does it. And you've obviously got some setting somewhere which mm. you can show me um, that would enable me to do, the, to do the same as you. So there's no reason why not. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, should we cover my experience on the Galaxy Flip 5, which you've had decent time with again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Mike was inspired by you wanting the Duo 2 anyway. I thought, well, this is a good opportunity. You were saying, thinking you have had enough of Samsung for a while. You wanted to get rid of the Flip 5. So I thought, well, let's just, let's just swap. <laughs> both have fun. Yeah, I both, yeah. I've accomplished two objectives in one. Um, I tried for the first time ever. I thought, well, I wonder if this works. Because when you start up a Samsung, it says, do you want to transfer from another Android device, which I've got plenty of, or do you want to transfer from an iPhone? I thought, that's never going to work, I thought. So I, I tried that. Just curious. I used my main iPhone 14 Pro Max as the, the, the host device. It also launches smart switch on the Samsung, asks for a Type-C to Lightning connector with a cable, which is fine. There is a Wi-Fi option as well, but I thought Type-C will be faster. Um, there's one too many password and PIN prompts on the iPhone for comfort. And I thought this is starting to get a bit clunky and I was starting to worry. Then you're into searching for data to access for ages. I know it was a one terabyte iPhone, but I'm only using 200 gigs. So I thought it wouldn't take more than a few minutes to work out what there was to transfer. I know that this is just the scanning stage. It's not actually transferring anything. It took over 10 minutes in the end just to do the scanning. And I ended up deselecting many of the options. So they were either going to be a mess. Uh, b- before you go on, can I interrupt here and say to you, why didn't you install Smart Switch on the iPhone? And then they could just talk to each other in the same software. Is Smart Switch available for the iPhone? I yeah, thought... yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've just checked it in the um, App Store. There is some Samsung Smart Switch. I wonder whether that would have made it easier. Do it again. Start you, again. Uh, it. Well, I did do it again by the, the manual way. Anyway, it, things didn't get too messed up. But it did t- took absolutely forever. It took about um, three hours, I think, to transfer my media by this method I, I had to go out so i had to go out with both phones tethered tethered by a cable and have them on the <laughs> passenger seat of the car anyway at the end of all this however i found that it transferred my iphone's um music and videos in, in weird formats with weird file names and in weird folders and i thought oh my goodness me it, to be fair um the samsung gallery and um mx player and pulsar my music player of choice they all found all the media but when I actually looked under the hood in the Google Files app, you can see what an utter mess it was. And I thought, I'm sorry, I just it, it offends my neat sensibilities. I want all my music in the in the proper folders as they were on my original desktop in the first place, and I don't want them all messed around with. So, I, I wiped that entire iPhone data structure from the Samsung, and I then plugged it in to my to my Mac, and I dragged and dropped stuff stuff across in the normal way, and I was a happy bunny. It still took three hours. But at least all the files and folders and video names are called videos are called by the correct name and not EJ five six nine underscore three or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. so the moral of the tale is don't bother with Samsung's iPhone to Android transfer unless you're desperate or unless you try, as Ted pointed out, Samsung's smart switch, smart switch, <laughs> Samsung's smart switch. That's a tongue twister. Smart switch on the iPhone. I wonder whether I, if I kicked it off on the iPhone and then kicked it off on the Android, well, it must be a trick in actual to fact, it. when when you when you um, start up the um, when you first start up the Samsung, it, there's a there's a, 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 a an option there. It says to you, are you coming from an Android Galaxy device or are you coming from an iOS device? And you select iOS, and then I do believe it goes away then and looks for permission to install Smart Switch on the iPhone. Um, but I haven't done it for quite some time, so I, I, someone else will put us right on that if I'm wrong. Yeah. Anyway, it was an interesting process, and uh, I, I learned a few things, and I've, I've learned more in this podcast that you can actually get the Samsung utility on the App Store. <clears throat> Good. 
Go on, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> the factory screen protector on the inside unfolded screen is annoying me already. It's not symmetrical around the selfie camera, um, mm. which is odd for a factory fitted item. I'm wondering mm. if this was a replacement protector from the previous owner before you had the mm. device, Ted. I wouldn't be surprised because it was Richard Yates. And he, <laughs> uh, he, but but then he right. loves his glass um, screen yeah, protectors. But yeah. then that, that's not going to work, is yeah, it? So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the <laughs> bottom the bottom edge of the protector catches my thumb when swiping up. I mean, I, I I have researched how bad things might be if I remove it, and I opened up a MeWe thread, and there were some good comments in there, not least from Atma Singh, who makes the good point that now that the inner screen folds completely on itself with no gap at all. If there is any small debris or dust, it will be trapped and compressed more than on the Flip 4 and Flip 3 mm. where there was a bit of a gap. So maybe it mm. does need that slightly absorbent top layer of plastic to take the strain to protect the fragile layers underneath. So maybe yeah. I'll leave it after all. Yeah, I think you should leave it in case I have it back. <laughs> yeah, the speaker's <laughs> much the same as the Flip 3 and 4, of course. I think they're the same components. Dolby Atmos helps enormously. Ditto, there's a really good equaliser. I'm sure you know this on the Samsungs. It's all built in and you can. there's loads to fit within the sound settings. Mm, I'd, yeah. say, I'd say you can't really expect much bass because of physics and how thin it, thin it is. But I think the speakers are good enough. Um, it's an outrageously slippery phone. I, I think you mentioned this when you had it. It's yeah, the, it's the yeah. first device for years to slide off my textured Qi <laughs> charging pad on my desk. And it would mm. have hit the floor if I hadn't caught it. Wow. So I've ordered a, a MagSafe uh, TPU set, which arrived today, and I'm just about to shoot a video for. It may be up as you, as, I, as you listen to this. I also got some extreme skins in, which work really well indeed. And I'll, I've put one of the photos of, I think it's the Modern Oak skin, first of all, in the show notes for you to admire, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Um, as always with these extreme skins, my question is how slippery they are and how much grip they've got. I don't care about what they look like. It's it's all yeah. about grip for me. Yeah, the the brushed ones and the textured ones. I've, in my in my view, are the, the the wood effect ones. And what I and I I think they call brushed titanium, which are nicely ridged and they give you something for your fingers to grip. Some of the uh, the, the finishes are glossy or smooth, and there's no point in having them because they don't add any grip. But um, yeah, I do like these yeah. particular two. And see my um, say see see my YouTube shorts for a, a demonstration of the of extreme skin on the Flip Five in video format, and we'll maybe link to some of those in the show notes as well. Phew, that's the end of my ramblings for this section. <laughs> what do you want to go back to, Ted? I know you had stuff lying around for a while. Only, only really, the the last thing was I, I won't go into my S twenty three Ultra. I'll save that for a day when we've got a Samsung fan on, probably. Um, but I did I did want to mention the Fairphone Three Plus. Um, and um, I, I did kind of challenge myself, uh, well, now a week or so ago before the Duo arrived, um, and, I, and I was challenging myself because it got a bit of an update going on to see if I could live with the the Fairphone 3 Plus, aged as it is, and 64 gigabytes of mem- storage as it's got. Um, yes, I know you can put a card in as well. Um, kind of old old specs in many ways, but um, there was just so much missing. Um, in the end, I, I, I put Nova 
prime launcher on it because there was just stuff missing the neighbor companion worked pretty well the always on display is missing so i installed always on amoled which works fine um google screensaver works for a clock because that doesn't work either at night or you can use aoa always on amoled to do that if you want to there's another app called double tap which i've mentioned before which gives you lift to wake but not ironically double tap to wake. Um, there's also always on display notify AOD notify, um, which is really good made by the same person that does the dynamic spot um, software as well, which I linked to in the show notes that'll work really well. Um, Wavelet I had installed, which makes the speaker a bit better. It's not a bad speaker. It's quite loud. But the trouble is that they placed it right under where you're normally, where the palm of your hand's going yeah, yeah. to end up, which makes you, makes you means that half the time I was muffling it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of did quite well, I thought. I surprised myself at how well I survived with the the um, S3, sorry, the, the Fairphone 3 Plus. Um and yeah, it, it was a it's a nice size phone, um, very slippery. Uh, it needs a case, which is just ironic because you think oh, you, it, you know, it doesn't need a case. But the, as I said to you just now about those skins, the only reason I need cases is because I find that I don't know if it's something about my hands, but phones just slip out of my hands like nothing else. And um, so I, I always kind of try to find some way of making them stick in there. No 5G, of course. It's a 4G phone, but in my life, I'm not really bothered about that. Um, I guess if you were out on the road and, and traveling, you might be a bit more concerned about no 5G, but it's all right for me. Um, on my phone, I wouldn't want to be without, without it in other ways. Um, and yeah, I, the, 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 the net result of that little experiment for a, for a few days was that if I had to, if I didn't have 101 other phones around me that were more powerful and more capable, I could certainly live with this. Um, of course, the the fact that you can take it apart and take things out of it is only going to be an advantage once in a while when something kind of goes wrong with it. Or like you, Steve, you want to get a screwdriver out and just um, take it apart for the sake of it and and and, and glorify in the fact uh-huh. that it can be taken apart. Um, but, you know, for the vast majority of people, non-nerdy people, it would be a, a good phone as it is. The LCD screen is um, replaceable now as well, which is all of that kind of replaceable bit is really good. Um, And, of course, the battery. So if I had this phone and I was using it for myself, I would, of course, have a spare battery, if not two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not that the battery performance is bad, but just because I would want one. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway, there you go. Um, It it was an interesting few days and one that ended up with me saying, yes, if I had to, I could. I remember the good old days when in my jacket pocket I have a spare battery for my Samsung or whatever. Maybe, as you say, maybe even two. And whatever happens and you get stuck somewhere and there's an in-hospital, you know, waiting on someone else's procedure and there's no power outlet handy or you haven't got your charging cable, no problem. Whip the back off, stick a new battery and you're good to go. I remember those happy days. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, if I had to, I could. And it's a nice phone in many ways. Um, the Samsung Galaxy um, S23 Ultra, I'll just briefly say, and get rid of this one as well, I will say that it's a, a stunning phone. I know it's been usurped by the S24 Ultra now, but the S23 Ultra is still a stunning phone, and I'm still drawn back to it because, mainly, it just does everything. There's nothing 
it that I want to do that it can't do. It's got bells and whistles. It's even got an S Pen. It's really, really clever. It's got a 10 times optical zoom, blah, blah, blah. And it's just got everything. And it's still got oodles of support to come um, up to Android 17. Um, February 2028, it will run out of security updates. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to sell this Samsung because I love going back to it. I love what it does. I might get really annoyed with Samsung every now and again, but there's just oodles and oodles of great stuff in this phone. And I don't care about the S24 with its AI. You can stick your AI. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have the, I, I, I'll do without it. Mind you, some of it is coming down to the S23 Ultra, but not all of it. But, yeah, so that kind of tidies that up, really. It's a great phone. It's just huge. That's the only downside, really. Yeah, the not going to self is something I, I was saying about my Surface Duo 2. But I, I have been researching. <laughs> on eBay, Surface Duo 2s are going from, in mint condition. They're going for £1,000, Ted. £1,000. Really? Unbelievable. Really? Wow. So I saw there are several sold at £999. So, um, you know, if it makes its way back here, or if you you want to sell it on, then you know we, we you could make you or I could well, make some coin. You could certainly make some of your money back because you paid fourteen hundred quid for it, didn't you? So I did, yeah, that, that that wouldn't be that far off of um, <laughs> get, you know, and you've had all later. that yeah all that time using it as well. So yeah, yeah, that that's anyway. We'll think about that. I can't believe, Ted, we've made it to three quarters of a thousand shows and we've finally got a new section in the show. Uh, do you want hey. to introduce it? Yes, indeed. Uh, we, we might get saved by Gareth Miles from Tech Addicts. But it's a kind of hark back, um, but only for phones, obviously, in PSE. And we've decided to call it Bygone Beauties. Yeah. And each each week we're going to, um, if, if, we, if we're short of time, we won't do it. But if but we'll, we'll aim to do it each week and um, we'll pick... Inter- take turns picking a, a phone from the past and then just having a quick natter about it. I chose this week the first um, the first of these um, these new bygone beauties, the Nokia N eighty six eight megapixel, mm. and I know that you um, are a fan yeah, of this as yeah. well. Um, my my memories of it is that it's just it, I I loved the screen. It was this gorgeous AMOLED with really really deep blacks, and I I think it was one of the first time really I kind of appreciated so well um, a screen that was so gorgeous. We're we're used to them these days, of course, but back then it was a very small screen, but it re- worked really well. I like the screensaver and the clock that was all, an always on display. Yeah. Might have been the first. Um, the sliding up and down mechanism. Ah, yeah, bells and whistles, buttons, buttons and media controls all over the thing, sliding up and down. There's a kickstand built in around the camera, which was great. Um, And it's it's lovely size as well. It was palm size with pebble-like edges around. It was just so nice. And, And across the front of that glass that I was just mentioning, there was this kind of, some kind of transparent layer, wasn't there? Nokia did that on the the N eighty two, was it? And but they had this kind of almost like a, a layer of perspex, um, really really thin across the front. The N eighty two was all plastic. This one, the N eighty six, I believe, I it's the first time Nokia had used tempered glass. And I don't know whether that tempered is a euphemism right. for gorilla glass because Apple at ex- exactly the same era had introduced the iPhone and were on the second generation if, uh, of the iPhone and they were using a version of Gorilla Glass, but they didn't call it that. So, yeah, to, to get hardened tempered glass on the face of a, a, a S60 
Nokia smartphone was, I think, a first. Yeah, it was really nice. Anyway, it was nice to feel and nice to touch and nice to use and and have. Um, and then there was, of course, the hardware keys. So end and call and keypad and D-pad. Yeah. Loved all that. Um, and, of course, you could replace the battery. Hey! Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, you, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll hand over to you for the kind of lowdown on the software, I suppose. Yeah, it, it was uh, S60 third edition um based on symbian of course i can't believe we've gone to bygone beauties and the very first one is a symbian device you'd have expected that from me but well done good good choice (laughs) i think the n85 before it had a similar oled display i think the display was the same but this i think it's the fact that it was glass over the top rather than some kind of form of plastic i think that's what made it seem so premium and up to then all we'd had really was lcd displays um and tft displays on phones so um I'm sure there was other phones in the world with OLED by then. I'm absolutely convinced of it, but this is the first in the S60 series. The hardware was solid as a rock. That slider, those buttons, compared to the N95, which was plastic and wobbly and slide around all over and fall apart, the N86 felt like it would just last a lifetime, I think. Yeah, definitely. The camera was stunning. Results comparable, I would say, in most conditions with devices from today. Um, mm. video capture was VGA, which was good for the time, and crystal clear. I used the N86 to shoot my phone show for a couple of years, which shows how <laughs> highly I thought of it following on from the N93. So, yeah, I think it was the kind of the, the phone for everything um, for 2009. I know the iPhone existed and was growing in size, and the Android phones, I think, were just about to start 2009. But if you wanted a traditional um, candy bar or you know, T9 keypadded phone, this was the phone with everything, and it did everything well. Um, it launched with the N97 the same day, uh, which is their flagship, and rather infamously. Oh, did I, it? I'd, I'd forgotten that. Simultaneously with the N97? Yeah, yeah. We were given both the oh, review right. on the same day. We were called into Nokia. Okay. Rafe and I went into Nokia's uh, offices in London, and okay. we handed one of each, um, and I know which one I preferred. Uh, you'd have thought it would be the flagship, but no, I, I, I was... It made yeah. a beeline for the N86, and I loved it to bits for the next two, three years. The N97 had so many problems and uh, just passed from <laughs> pillar to post and software updates, yeah. and it never really achieved anything like what it promised in the promos. But the N86 um, 8 megapixel absolutely did, and so many people loved it. Yeah, uh, including me. I, I, I really did. I, my very, very fond memories of that phone, and I used it as my primary for quite some time. It just felt like it was futuristic and the next step on. Um, so, yeah, we're, we, we're, we're talking the same language. Moving on, then, we do have a photo of the month in our PSC Photos uh, section from the group on MeWe, of course. What is the winner, Ted, and what does it look like? The, the the winner this is the winner for the December competition, which is the twelfth and last one of the of two thousand and twenty three. So very soon now we've got all twelve. We will do the photo of the year. Um so watch out for that. New voting will be for that one. The winner of the last place in December was Furton Lake. Furston Lake. You wait till by, you get to the surname of the uh, person who shot it. Jay Caracciolo. I've learned that one. Very Caracciolo. Good. Um and he took this with an Apple iPhone 14 Pro Max. It is a seascape um, kind of landscape with uh, lovely sky. Uh, this is more you than me, Steve. But yeah. w- 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 what are your thoughts? I love this sort of shot, uh, as you know. Um, lovely colours, nice um, diffused r- reflections. I love the tree detail on the horizon. So many um, 
phone cameras um it's well maybe in times past they're all so good now but you know the, the trees would have been a fuzzy haze on the horizon but you can kind of make out the twigs and the branches and it, it just looks so finely detailed and I, I the fact that the water is extending right to the bottom of the frame i do wonder how wet jay's feet got uh shooting this so, so well done for taking one for the team yeah. and it's a lovely framing and lovely shot it is indeed. So um, well done to you, Jay. That, as I say, that takes the last place. So watch out for our photo of the, of the year, which will be coming along shortly. OK. Also on MeWe, our PSE Classifieds group. Uh, what have you got for us, Ted? I've got a special mention for Gav, who is selling, Gavin Fabiani Lehmann, that is, who's selling some audio gear, and he really wants to get shot of it. So I said I'd give him a shout-out. A KNRU7 USB DAC, 149 quid, and a Let's Hur... Hur... <laughs> You're right. S- S15, 14.8mm planar plane our driver in ear in ear monitor 249 pounds so um do help gav out because he does take this stuff into test and we all benefit from that so a special mention for him in terms of phones we've got the pixel 8 pro 128 gigabytes 600 quid with a pixel watch 250 quid both in blue or 650 quid for the for the both of them um pixel sorry samsung galaxy s24 ultra already a bundle 512 gigabyte version in violet, vegan leather case in black, and including a watch six, um, £1,100. Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3, 128 gigabytes in lavender, 200 quid. Um, there's an iPhone 14 Pro Max, 512 gigabyte version in silver, with an Apple Watch 5. It seems to be bundle time, doesn't wow. it? LTE, 775 quid for that little bundle mm. um and lastly there's a microsoft surface duo 256 gigabyte version in white uh boxed in fact it's exactly the same as the one you've got there at ben's 270 quid um so yeah i, I i'm not I, I, what do you what do you think what, what would be your choice there i can't see past that iphone ted a half terabyte iphone 14 pro max i said the same as hardware wonderful hardware that i've got half a terabyte with an apple watch bundle all for 775 that is a a bargain i think that'd be my pick yeah definitely i think i would um give a shout out to the flip three which is still being used here by my mum and it's absolutely fine she's really enjoying it it's still supported 200 quid all right it's not the latest and the greatest but it still works really really well and um i think that's a good price frankly so yeah lots of bargains going on anyway psc classifiers group so if you want to join in on that then drop me an email and we'll talk about how to get in we do try to control the membership there so um yeah let me know Jolly good. Um, if you want to say thank you, by the way, for these podcasts, I know this one's been a bit rambling, but we do. We'll have proper guests back in the future. I promise. Things will get a a lot more exciting. Um, you can say thank you with a coffee or a beer. There's um, PayPal.me forward slash Ted Salmon, and we'll put that link in the show notes. And I think PayPal.me forward slash Steve Litchfield also works. So again, uh, thank you in advance for beers and coffees. Ted, any last words from you? Pod Hub UK audio podcasts, um, lots of them around at the moment. So, you know, you'll find all the links to that in there. If you get lost, then go to tedsalmon.com and at tedsalmon.com, they're all there as well. You can't go wrong. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, a cheery goodbye from your good self. Goodbye. Show notes at stevelitchfield.com. You've been listening to the phone show chat.